Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson. I'm excited for this episode. This is a long-awaited two-part episode here. I'm going to talk about Love is Blind season five, specifically Stacy and Izzy. And then I'm going to go into nine lessons that need to be learned in order to heal avoidant attachment style. This is going to be a important episode for you, whether you have avoidant attachment style or you are on the receiving end of someone who has avoidant attachment style and you're dating that person. Either way, this is going to be a really eye-opening episode for you. So buckle up. You're going to enjoy this one. I want you to know, you guys, we hit 4 million downloads on this podcast, which is insane. This time last year, we were at 2 million. So within a year, it's already doubled. And I just want to give you a big thank you from the bottom of my heart. I get emotional thinking about this, that this community has just grown so much since 2020. I could not do this without you. I love getting your messages. I love that I've been able to help so many people through this show Thank you for making it special. I appreciate each one of you. And as you may have heard, to celebrate 4 million downloads, I'm offering a really special sale on the Empowered Secure Love program. This month when you join, you get $400 off of the investment of the program. and You get four unique hand-selected gifts from yours truly And we are mailing out the gift boxes to the first 20 women who join the program. So this is such a wonderful month to join the program. You get the discount, you get these amazing gifts. And this is the time of year where if you start working on yourself now, you know that you're setting yourself up for success in 2024. So don't wait till January 1, get a head start work on your healing now, and then you'll feel so much better as you step into the new year. So I'm so excited to coach you. Don't wait. Don't miss out on this special sale. You can use the link in the show notes or the link in my Instagram bio to apply to the program. Okay, let's get into it. I want to talk about, as I said, Izzy and Stacy. Those of you who haven't watched Love is Blind season five, don't worry. I'll get you up to speed. Essentially, this couple, Izzy and Stacy, um, they connected and they had this really strong connection and they um, had some drama 
in the pods. If you want, if you want all the drama, go and watch Netflix. But their dynamic started to unfold and they had what seemed like a really strong connection. And then as more and more was developing in their relationship, it came to be pretty clear that Stacy had an avoidant attachment style and Izzy was developing anxious attachment in their relationship. Now, I believe that both of them probably have some really securely attached traits as well. Um, when we saw the avoidant attachment in action, okay, we saw that there was Stacy sort of devaluing Izzy, and this this came out in the form of his credit score. In the form of finances, in the form of him. And, and and to be fair, the whole story is that she had asked him about finances and he hadn't fully brought up where he was at. And the reality was, is that he didn't have a credit card because of his credit score. And then Stacy just found this to be unacceptable to her. And she pulled away from the connection and really ended the connection. Okay. And we see that Stacy kind of has this pattern of she can't find anyone who's good enough for her, who's on her, who's on her level. And there's this, this feeling that Izzy is expressing that he feels as if he's just not good enough for her, that he's doing something wrong and that he's not good enough for her. This is such a common anxious avoidant dynamic. Um, I will say that I also feel that Izzy has some avoidant attachment style traits where he's shutting down and pulling away and not able to have a conversation. So I think overall in their dynamic, they, they both were really triggering to one another. And even if they had a wonderful connection and they really cared about each other, there wasn't enough secure attachment created for them to be able to make it work. Ultimately, Stacy says no at the altar and she appears to be very justified in her decision to, to say no based on the fact that she didn't feel that Izzy was upfront with her. And it sounds like she has concerns about um, his financial state and financial security, despite the fact that Izzy has a well-paying job and is growing in his career and is really working on himself that wasn't to the level that Stacy wanted to feel secure. So am I saying that Stacy is a bad person or that Izzy is? Absolutely not. I think their dynamic though is a great example. When you have people who, even if they have this great connection, their attachment dynamic did not allow for them to work through and create the secure attachment that was needed for them to go the distance. So could have they made it if maybe one of them had more securely attached traits, potentially, uh, potentially. However, you know, we're seeing that the way Stacy is showing up of pulling away, needing space, 
not being able to talk. And then Izzy had times where he's pulling away and needing space. And then we see Izzy getting really triggered and saying that I don't feel good enough for you. Right. And then we see Stacy's reaction about, um, that his financial life is not where she wants it to be. We see all this come together and it's this anxious avoidant dynamic leading to a separation. So if one of them potentially had been more securely attached or if they had found a way to co-create a secure attachment, potentially they could have worked through these things and they would have chosen one another. We see at the altar that Izzy proposes. He wants to go forward with the marriage when it comes down to it. And Stacy does not, right? Um, this in my eyes is the classic avoidant attachment strategy of I'm finding a way that I can devalue you, that you're not the right person for me, whatever I need to do to find that, right? And un this is all unconscious, not intentional. And then what it does it, is it prevents me from having to do the vulnerable, scary thing of getting really close to you and fully committing and fully investing. So by finding this thing that's wrong with you, I then get to avoid the discomfort of fully investing, right? And in Stacy's case, she's saying no to Izzy at the altar. And yeah. I think watching that play out, I had so much compassion for both of them. And I know that reality TV, it's just a snippet. It's not the full story, right? It's just a snippet of what's going on. Uh, but seeing that play out really, really shows how in order to do something so vulnerable, which this is even more vulnerable than you know the traditional path of let's date and then let's get engaged and let's get married because it's the shortened timeline. So I think that she had some avoidant attachment tendencies. Maybe she has secure as well, but her avoidant attachment got really triggered and that's how she showed up. She was not able to create enough secure attachment to be able to stay and work through whatever came up. Maybe some of you listening to this can really relate. I know for my past self, I can really relate to this too of being proposed to and not being able to go through with it, um, having relationships get to a certain point, and then I had to just sabotage it as quickly as I could. A lot of that was my disorganized attachment style of not being able to fully commit because. On one hand, I didn't want to be alone, but on the other hand, I didn't want to be fully in or committed either. Both were incredibly uncomfortable. So maybe you can kind of relate to this of, wow, when it, when it gets really vulnerable, when it comes time for you to put both feet and dive in, you're not able to, right? And that can come from a disorganized attachment style. It can come from avoidant attachment style and anxious as well. It just looks different for anxious attachment, right? Of that, that fear of intimacy is a lot more about fear of abandonment. And then with avoidant attachment, what we know is that unconsciously, there's a lot of fear about yourself not being good enough, that you're not going to be a good enough partner or that there's something wrong with you 
So actually the devaluing is sort of a reflection of how you are to yourself. Uh, but I wanted to go over that little recap of the love is blind example, because it was such a great example of anxious avoidant dynamic in action. And now I want to step into what are the nine lessons needed for healing avoidant attachment? These are nine milestones that you have to hit in order to really heal your avoidant attachment style. If I could coach Stacy one-on-one, -on -one, this is what I would be talking with her about. So I want to give you these nine lessons so you have them, okay? Number one, rewire your brain for connecting to yourself and connecting to your own emotions. So a lot of times with avoidant attachment, you've learned to just disconnect from yourself and your own emotions, right? You just, you learned at one point, it's not really safe for me to feel my emotions. So I'm better off if I can simply disconnect from them. So that's one of the first steps is getting really good at tuning in to your own emotions. And there's so many ways we can do this. I coach people on this all the time inside of the program. Um, remember for a lot of you, if you haven't done it ever, or you haven't done it in decades, it'll feel like a totally new concept, but you want to think about how do I spend more time tuning inwards, asking myself how I'm feeling, asking myself what I need, checking in with myself, right? I want to spend more time in my inner world instead of constantly being focused on the external or focused on the needs of others. So that's number one is rewire your brain to learn to connect to yourself and get comfortable with your own emotions. Number two is all about boundaries, learning how to express and set boundaries. A lot of times with avoidant attachment, we see people really pulling away from relationships because they're not comfortable communicating their boundaries. There can be a lot of fear of if I express a boundary, my partner's not going to get it. It's going to make the other person uncomfortable. So instead of expressing the boundaries, they're pulling away. So the growth edge here with avoidant attachment is getting really good at expressing and maintaining boundaries. Okay. Number three, the third lesson, you have to be able to rewire your brain with associating love with safety. Love is safe. Closeness is safe. I have an affirmation here as I can be close to someone and emotionally safe because the roots of avoidant attachment a lot of times come from somebody being really vulnerable, being really close or being really dependent on someone else and then being hurt in some way, whether that was neglect from a parent or chronic emotional invalidation from a parent or abandonment Whatever it was, at some point your brain said, oh, to be close to somebody, to be vulnerable, that's not safe. Stop doing that. So your brain associated intimacy and closeness with danger, which then of course does not allow you to move closer to people. So we have to rewire 
and say, love is safe. I can be close to someone and I can be emotionally safe. Okay. Point number four, this is the fourth lesson. You have to learn to choose interdependence instead of hyper independence, right? With hyper independence, we have this belief of I am an island. I must take care of myself. I can't depend on anyone. I should not have needs. I should not have connection and vulnerability and relying on other people. We, we become hyper-independent and we don't want to ask for help, right? Whereas interdependence is when you can value the relationship with yourself. So you still know, hey, I can self-soothe. I can go to myself. I can depend on me and I can depend on others. I value connection. I value relationships. I can depend on other people. That's this beautiful place of interdependence. All right. Lesson number five. We ready for this? This is a big one. Tune in. I'll give you a hint. It has to do with the name of the podcast. Let's get vulnerable. Lesson number five is vulnerability is a strength. So you have to learn that instead of it being a weakness or instead of it, this is, this is an avoidantly attached person's favorite thing to say. Are you ready? They'll say, I don't want to be vulnerable because someone will use it against me later. They have fear that their vulnerability will be used as ammunition against them. So having to rewire that belief, cause that's not helpful, right? We want to be able to say, vulnerability is strength. When I can share what I need, when I can talk about my past, when I can open up, I am being strong, right? It's not a weakness. It's not a mistake. It is a strength, right? And it leads to deeply connected, healthy relationships. All right. Are we liking these lessons? We're on lesson number six. You ready? This is a a big one here for the avoidantly attached person is slowly increase trust in your relationship. So learning how to increase trust, being able to say, I can depend on others. Other people can be there for me. I can ask for what I need and I can feel heard. So in order to increase trust, that means you have to be willing to be vulnerable, right? You have to be willing to be vulnerable, do some experiments that allow people to show up for you, right? Like you have to do that. So increasing trust by being willing to be vulnerable and then having corrective emotional experiences where people do show up for you. So that was lesson number six. Moving on lesson number seven, this is a big one. Notice when you're being critical of others or if you are devaluing others. Avoidantly attached people will do this unconsciously. It's not intentional. And they will be critical or they will devalue others because it feels, well, it's a compulsive way to distance. So you want to notice Are you devaluing a friend in some way? Are you being critical of someone in some way? And be super curious and compassionate and ask yourself, why am I doing this? 
this can happen in friendships all the time, right? Of maybe you're really close to someone and you notice you're getting closer and closer. But if you have an avoidant attachment style, that intimacy starts to feel really scary. And then all of a sudden you might find yourself picking apart things about this person. And you might say, well, I can't have a friendship with them anymore. And you just want to be curious. Where's the devaluing coming from? Where's the criticism coming from? Is there things that are grounded in reality that really truly make you not compatible with that person? Or is this a distancing strategy, right? So this is a big lesson. Obviously, this happens in dating all the time, men and women both, where you're dating and then you're just coming up with reasons why you're not compatible. I hear this all the time. And I can tell you that a lot of people are devaluing or criticizing and it's unconsciously a way to distance from the other person so that you aren't having to be vulnerable and you aren't having to fully show up in the relationship. So it feels easier to criticize than for you to be vulnerable and invest emotionally in the relationship. Is that always the case? No. Of course, there are times where there are legit incompatibilities and the relationship's not meant to be, um, but it can be that it's your avoidant attachment style in action and you're simply afraid of getting vulnerable or investing emotionally. All right. So that was point number, number seven. That was a big one. Moving on to lesson number eight. If you have avoidant attachment style, you need to work on challenging your inner critic. With avoidant attachment style, you definitely will have a lot of criticism towards yourself. And I highly recommend looking into mindfulness, self-compassion. Dr. Kristen Neff is the leading researcher on this topic. Um, She has awesome resources And then I know I have some past podcast episodes that walk you through how to do a self-compassion break, Uh, but it'll help you a lot. If you can work on your own self-compassion, that's going to also translate to less criticism, less devaluing, and ultimately less distancing in your close relationships. All right, moving on to the final lesson. Are you ready for this? Lesson number nine, this is where we are intentionally seeking securely attached, emotionally available partners who want to show up and build with us. So we are getting really intentional about attracting people who want to co-create a securely attached, long-term, healthy relationship. And I want to clarify, this doesn't mean that someone is 100% securely attached and that's the only kind of partner you should seek out. We simply want someone who is self-aware enough, who has capacity to co-create secure attachment with us. So even if maybe they have some anxious attachment strategies or some avoidant attachment strategies, they are aware enough that they can show up and build a securely attached relationship with you. So that is a huge lesson of getting intentional about, I'm not repeating patterns, but I'm seeking someone who is emotionally available. I hope you loved 
this episode. Those of you who either have avoidant attachment style or you're dating somebody who has an avoidant attachment style, or maybe you have in the past, I want to just review these nine lessons with you really quick. So if you took notes, here's, here's the review. Lesson number one, you are rewiring your brain to learn how to connect to your inner experience. So you're learning how to connect to yourself and your own emotions. Lesson two, learn how to express and maintain boundaries. Lesson number three, rewiring your brain to realize that love is safe. I can be close and emotionally safe. Lesson number four, choosing interdependence over hyper independence. Lesson number five, rewiring that vulnerability is a strength. It is not a weakness. When I am vulnerable, I am brave and I am inviting closeness and intimacy into my life. Lesson number six, we want to increase trust, learning that I can depend on others. I can ask for what I need. Lesson number seven, notice if you are being critical of others or devaluing others, get curious about, are you using that as a distancing strategy? Lesson number eight, start challenging your own inner critic and get really good with self-compassion. And then lesson number nine, learning how to seek partners who can co-create secure attachment with you. All right. This was quite the list. I hope you got a lot out of this episode. Obviously, if you need help implementing this, you know that we have the Empowered Secure Love Program, and it's a wonderful way to do the deep inner work. It's a proven framework, and it'll help you become the securely attached version of you. So I'm all about transformation, identity shifts. None of this just tips and strategies, right? It's like, no, we have to learn how to become the securely attached version of ourselves. And that's what we do inside of the program. So don't wait. You can apply to the program using the link in the show notes or the link in my Instagram bio. But I hope you love this episode and cheers to 4 million downloads. And here's to the next 4 million. I love this community. Of course, I am wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk to you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.